opinionated. That's cool. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Opinionated AF. I'm Adam Butler. Listen, Danny's here. She's going to be here in a second. You're going to hear her. Don't worry. But before we get started, I just want to make a quick announcement. Danny and I are making a real effort to try to get more content out to you guys. Uh, we realize that sports, the narrative is always changing. There's always a story breaking. So we're going to be accessing the Google uh, Hangout tool via the YouTube platform. Uh, we're going to try to record maybe two to three extra shows a week. Um, we're going to be working really hard on that. We're not making any promises, but we're going to be working really hard to get extra uh, content out to you guys, man. So bear with us. Um, bear with some of the audio flaws that you may hear. It's just us really trying to really work hard to get some stuff out to you. So without further ado, enjoy the show. Yeah, if you tune into us into us for the first time, go check out some of our older episodes from this week. We had some good topics. Uh, we talked about Clay Matthews and the whole late quarterback hit thing. We talked about Patrick Mahomes. Is he the MVP of this NFL season? Lots of things that we discussed over the past week, and we have an even doper show for you guys today. Danny, tell them about it. Yeah, we have uh, Shana Marie here to join us um, today, and she works with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, she's a dope black girl, so we got a lot of black girl magic in this room. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so who better to introduce herself but herself? Hello, Shana. Hi. Thank you Hi. for joining us today. Of course. of course. I'm flattered that you guys will have me. No doubt, man. Thank you for, for uh joining us. It's 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 a great time of the year. It's football season. You do uh, – you, 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 you you keep a close eye on the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers have a lot going on this season, and we're going to get in that into that in a moment. But let's talk about you before we get into that, because you're the guest and you're the you're the important piece of this right now. <laughs> um, just tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got into it. Well, I'm a sports and entertainment journalist. Um, I'm an accountant by trade, but I'm a sports and entertainment journalist by passion. Mm-hmm. I pretty much got into the field a little over two years ago. Um, I was on maternity leave. Mm. And I've always had a passion for writing, and I've always had a passion for sports, being a former athlete myself. And a good friend of mine was writing for Black Sports Online, and she was like, you know what, you should come on and you know see how you like it. Right. So it just kind of just blew up out of nowhere from there. I wasn't expecting it to. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, I could do it in my free time, but it ended up being you know, a pleasant surprise as far as how quickly it's grown for me. And that's good. And for people who aren't aware, um, Black Sports Online is a pretty big um, sports and entertainment, uh, I guess we would say like blog. I know you all um, do writing, but I follow, uh, I think his name is Robert Little on Instagram and Twitter. Mm -hmm. And you all post a lot of great content. So if you're not already, excuse me, um, hip, well, we just hipped you. So go ahead and follow. (laughs) um, (laughs) Go ahead and follow that. Yo, I think it's interesting that you said you, you, started doing this while you were on maternity leave and and you know it brings us to two different uh subjects that we really want to talk about you being a woman in sports you being a woman in sports right in particular but also how you know we're living in an interesting time where people that didn't have access before right people that didn't have an opportunity to get inside of that that uh to break down that wall and get inside of sports journalism. You know, a lot of these people have been writing about sports for 30, 40 years and they won't let go of that position, right? They bounce around from publication to publication. But now we're living in a wonderful time where people with real talent and you do have talent are able to get in there and, and, and do your thing, you know, while on maternity leave. Right. So, so what, what is your, 
what is it about you that just kind of drew you to writing about sports? Because it could have been anything. You could have wrote about any subject. What What was it about sports that drew you in? Um, I sports have been a part of my life since I was five years old. Even mm. like you know, following my older cousin around, trying to play baseball and right. to do everything he did. So as I got older, I started playing pretty much every sport, um, mm-hmm. which led to me accepting a track scholarship at NC State. I also competed at Florida State. And during those times, you meet a lot of people. You make a lot of connections, especially with, you know, like the AAU circuit, USATF circuit. Then you guys are all competing together against each other in college. Right. You know, and in college, well, the the two universities that I went to, I don't know if it's like that for everybody, that student athletes are kind of like, it's almost like a little pack. Like we have our own cafeteria, we have our own training room, we have our own study facility. So we're kind of just grouped in together all the time. Yeah. And um, even after, you know, college for me, my ex-husband played pro football. So mm-hmm. it still has always been a part of my life. Gotcha. I have, I have three boys. I'm yeah. 18, 11, and 12. And the 11 and 12-year-old play baseball. They play basketball. They play football. They run track. So I'm usually the team mom. It's just, it's in, it's in my everyday life. <laughs> pretty Love much. It. Love it. Love it. That's actually um, interesting. I, I have a sideball comment. I'm um, hearing um, you say that basically you were into sports. Your husband, excuse me, your ex-husband was a former um, sport athlete. And then you have three boys who also mm-hmm. play football. Given, um, especially you would know this, given all of the information, mostly negative about a lot of the CTE mm-hmm. and mental health issues as they continue to rise um, within this new layer of um, athletic professionals, how do you feel about that um, with your sons playing now? Is that something that if they are enjoying it and would like to pursue it long term, um, considering you all's background, is that something that you're willing to allow them to do? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, that what ended up ending my ex-husband's career is he had a skull fracture. Mm. Oh. So, yes, yeah, so I was particularly kind of weary about letting the boys play. But with them playing flag and just the desire to play football, I decided, well, if they're going to play, I don't want them to resent me. If they're going to play, they need to learn early and they need to learn correctly. So I always do my research. I make sure that whatever organization we're with, the coaches are heads up certified, that they're teaching proper tackling and proper technique. Um, If there's any sign of a neurological problem, I'm pulling them immediately. So I just keep my, my finger on the pulse of that. I mean, it's so hard being a parent and also being a sports journalist where you're kind of seeing the backside of this CTE stuff. And then, you know, the kids aren't going to understand where you're like, look, I don't want you to play because I don't want you to get a neurological disease. Right. So I just think um, for any parents out and I have a lot of physical therapist friends too, that, you know, they're on it. You know, I'm always up to date with, you know, the latest findings and studies and things like that, mm-hmm. because we actually, one of my good friends, her name is Aaron. Well, Dr. Aaron Wilson in Atlanta, her son is, into the same sports that my sons are and he plays football he's a really good football player but just making sure that you're educated and you are informed of all of the certifications and requirements and just making sure that if your kids are a part of an organization that they are you know heads up certified that's the biggest thing because you don't want your kids to resent you for pulling them out of a sport that they absolutely love 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's something Danny and I, we talk about a lot on the show. And it's an interesting uh, perspective you have as, like she mentioned, as a sports writer and as a mom, you know what I mean? Because you're around it. You, you've seen what the pro athletes have been through, like you right. mentioned with your with your uh, ex-husband and just athletes you're around on a regular basis. And you see what you what the young men go through and just wanting to play the game. You know, as a young man, I know I wanted to play football. It's, it's a dream of a lot of young boys, you know, to just mm-hmm. play, go out there, maybe not to go to the NFL, but just to play and be out there with their peers. Right. Right, right. Really interesting point. Um, I know Danny is going to appreciate this question because she's a woman in sports and and um, and I really want to <clears throat> hear what you two have to say about this one. But, you know, you being a, a, a woman in this genre writing about sports, um, what are some of the challenges that you face? Some of the challenges that I have faced, um, I actually don't face, haven't faced these challenges like face to face. More so, it'll be online and, um, you know, strangers, people that don't really know me. Um, one of the big things is that I don't know what I'm talking about and I'm just there on assignment. Which, <laughs> which for some women, that is true. For some women, you find that, like, with the news outlets and things like that, they're at Panthers practice because that's just simply their assignment. Mm-hmm. But um, for me in particular, it only takes maybe a conversation or two in a new atmosphere for people to realize that I actually know what I'm talking about. Right. So I don't, I don't get a lot of backlash because when I come in, I make sure that you know that I'm supposed to be there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that, you know, that I'm going to contribute to the conversation. I'm going to ask the questions that need to be asked. I'm not just there on assignment. It's, I'm there because I want to be. Yeah. You know what, what, what bothers me most is um, one, especially the, the content that you would get from online. Cause of course people don't know you, they're not going to do the, right. you know, the background research, but it amazes me. And I hate to be a man basher right now, but I, it, 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 it's crazy to me how men will kind of, I don't know if you get this, I get this a lot, kind of pop quiz you. Oh, like yeah. when you start talking, uh-huh. yeah, it's almost, and, and, you know, I, I let guys finish and then I'm on, you know, most of the guys that are talking trash to you in bars and on the streets, most of them didn't play or most of them, their career ended long before it was ever even getting to the NFL. So it's almost like, where do you think I'm getting my information from? The same places and the same ways that you're able to do it. It's just interesting to me. So I attain the information. The only difference between women who are in sports or love sports and women who don't is that we sit behind the TV and watch and collect information. They're off doing whatever they're doing. It's not really a gender thing. It always cracks me up. So I don't know if you get that a lot, but that would probably be my my pet peeve. Stop questioning me about what I know because I could probably talk you under the table. Yeah, it's pretty much just online. And what's funny is when somebody who doesn't know me tries to come for me, I have a gang full of like high school classmates and, and mm-hmm. college classmates that are male and female that'll gather them really quick. Like, look... <laughs> what she's talking about if you don't feel like she does then you can go elsewhere (laughs) exactly exactly yeah and i mean you know i I, at the end of the day if you have the knowledge and the knowledge is there that starts to turn the tide anyway and there's always going to be ignorant Mm -hmm. people out there that just always going to question people and say they don't know what they know and it's that another so i have a high level of respect for you and and, and women like danielle and, and others that we've had on this show and that i just know that are stepping out there and doing their thing and just and just continuing to do great work on and on par with the fellas and better than most of the fellas to be honest with you because i can name about no disrespect but i can name about five or six hundred <laughs> male sports writers and 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 broadcasters and such that probably have no business in the in the business at all so you all keep right. doing your thing man um i wanted to transition it to some on the field um and slightly off the field uh um 
subjects. Um, okay. one that one that I really I'm really interested in, and you you are familiar with the Carolina Panthers. That's your that's your that's your mob, as we would say it up here in DC. That's it's your mob. mob. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Eric Reed was recently signed by you guys, and and, and for anybody right. that doesn't know, we've talked about Captain Eric Reed a lot on this show. They've been a major subject. Those two guys, are, um, you know, Cap is still out of the league. Um, Eric Reed was out of the league for a while, and Eric Reed is a top notch um safety. It, it, it made no sense for him to be sitting on the sidelines while other guys were getting signed. I mean, people can make all the excuses they want, but it just didn't, it didn't make sense to the, to the average fan. Um, talk to us about the temperature um, in the, in the Panthers organization and around town um, when it comes to the signing of Eric Reed. I think Cam Newton summed it up best on Wednesday when he said they got a steal. Yeah. Because they did. Mm-hmm. I mean, point blank period. It made sense football wise with the North Cersei going out and, um, I feel like Eric Reed was the missing piece of that back of that defensive backfield that could really change the Carolina Panthers seasons from, from being good to being great. Understood. And um, I would say there's nothing but positivity in the air around the organization, Mm -hmm. which isn't shocking. Um, David Tepper has brought a whole new culture to bank of America stadium in the front Mm -hmm. offices, you know, the practice, the locker room. And I've said for the last couple of years, the Carolina Panthers have a tight knit locker room. Yeah. You're never going to get one of them talking trash about someone else. You're never going to get a viral video of of something negative out of that locker room. They stick together. They band together. And everyone has basically just spoken about Eric as being a solid football player, which he is. Right. One one more question. I'm sorry. My fault. I was, I was cutting you on my mistake. You're fine. Um, As far as fan reception, mm-hmm. um, you know, there are some people that were in the Panthers Instagram comments and their feelings, but I guarantee those same people would be singing his praises in January if the mm. Panthers are still playing. Absolutely. Of Absolutely. One more quick question, Danny, before we, uh, before you jump in there. Um, what, what, there were rumors about, certain stipulations um within the contract like oh you know he's made a promise not to kneel but then the pitcher comes out of him signing and he's of course he's throwing up the fist um it, are those rumors true like were there, were there stipulations in the contract that said hey you can't protest on the anthem or was that you know is it unfounded well i i'm going to say i feel, feel like it's unfounded simply mm-hmm. because well i mean of course i didn't see the contract of course but yeah, right he um when Eric addressed the media on Monday, he said that the Panthers did not question his plans of protest prior to signing him. Got it. You know, he he did have a discussion. Ron Rivera said they had a good conversation about it. He's Mm -hmm. considering which ways he's going to protest, but we won't. But I don't, I know that there won't be any ramifications. David Tepper was very adamant that he supports his players and Mm -hmm. whichever medium or method they choose to protest the social injustices that are going on. Uh against people of color right now so it was not i'm going to i'm not going to say 100 percent because i did not see the paper but just Uh coming from eric's mouth himself he said that he was not asked about his protest plans prior to signing with the team good luck good luck well that's good to know because i did um read um and basically going off piggybacking off your sentiments that the new owner is kind of setting a better tone from the previous year or years um because he's clearly the new owner now because of the sexual harassment um, drama that Carolina faced with their uh, last owner. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to bring up any bad news or any bad willings, but hey, I mean, this is the business that we're in and it's definitely a part of the um, league. Hopefully we decrease a lot of those stories that come out. Um, 
But could you give us what the take of uh, of the uh, locker room and how the players felt during that time? I know during this story last year, um, it kind of felt, and I feel like Cam Newton got a lot of backlash for simply taking up for the owner. And it goes back to you saying about how the players kind of were a lot of very close knit. So you weren't going to get a lot of that and they were going to be tight lipped. Is there any way that you could give us, I guess, a broader sense of how things were in Carolina during that time, how we got to this point? I think the main thing is that with these allegations and things that went on, I, I, I can't say 100%, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't done in, you know, the presence of the players and things like that. So for that reason, that's why Cam made the statement that he made. You know, I don't know what happened. I'm just mm-hmm. going to support my owner. I'm going to hope the allegations aren't true. That's pretty mm-hmm. much all you were going to get from that. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, do you think that with – the switching out of an owner, which is a big deal, right? Doesn't happen often in sports. I mean, the last time we saw this happen, um, unwillfully resign, you know, when 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 an owner unwillfully resigns from the from the position, right, gives up the team is Donald Sterling, right? And we know how ugly that got. Oh, yeah. Do you, do you think that it sets a sort of a standard around the league, right? Because the league, we we could be honest here, the league has been dealing with some negative PR from CTE from protest now with these uh, late hits and such, which we're going to bring up later with you. Um, do you think that what Carolina did sort of sets the standard, a positive standard for what could happen across the league, that there's a shorter leash on some of these owners who may be, you know, bad people behind closed doors? I definitely do think it sets a precedent because along with switching out owners, there's been a lot of policies and things placed into effect to avoid anything like that ever happening again. Um, mm. NDAs are no longer allowed. Okay. Which is which were in place to help, you know, Jerry Richardson kind of get through those all those years without being caught or right. out. So NDAs are, are gone um, at Bank of America. There there is um, a lots of training being done to to mitigate that. Um, they recently hired, even just touching on the CTE briefly, they recently hired a um, mental health advisor an internal mm. mental health advisor so i think that the moves that are being made are to protect the organization <laughs> and to protect the players gotcha. so i definitely think that they're setting a good example as far as okay look this happened this is how we're going to make sure it doesn't happen again understood okay piggybacking off of that um with nike coming in and uh kind of using this what i would say using this incident to kind of propel them even further. Um, how, how there's been major debates as to if Nike is just seizing an, a moment of of success through monetary value, or if they're really pushing this social issue. And I just wanted to get your uh, your your take on that, and if you're able to give us some insight into how some of the players may feel, especially with Eric Reed joining. Um, joining this team after being one of the big faces of this movement, considering that I believe he's still his, his lawsuit is still on the table with the NFL. His loss. I'll start there. His lawsuit is still on the table. He is very much pursuing that, which is a reason that he had to kind of be tight lipped about certain things. Um, when he first addressed them in his, when he first addressed the media in his introductory press conference, there was a lot of things that he couldn't say. He was like, I can't speak on that. My case is still ongoing. My case is still ongoing. Mm-hmm. And, um, he plans to, to push forward despite being signed. He's still, you know, he's, he's like, you know, me being signed to play football doesn't do away with, you know, welfare reform right. or bail reform or, right. you know, police brutality, you know, society, I'm sorry, um, 
what is the word for it? Systematic oppression, right. things like that are still present. So him signing a paper basically just means he has a job, but he's not planning on stopping that fight at all. Um, he's yeah. been very, very adamant about that. As far as Nike, um, I mean, we live in a capitalistic society. So I can't really say whether this is something that was just done for monetary gain because we don't know what, what initiatives Nike is doing on a smaller scale. They may have, they may be sponsoring, you know, Colin Kaepernick's Know Your Rights campaign. They might be putting a lot of a large monetary donation towards that. Yeah, they they could have, yeah, and see, they could have like, you know, different things going on in different parts of the country that we don't necessarily hear about or mm-hmm. is not making national news. So I can't really say whether they're really behind this cause or if it was monetary. I can't yeah. really say. I, I think the truth lies in the middle. Um, Obviously, Nike is a huge corporation, so we don't want to be naive and say, oh, Nike is just, you know, a bunch of golden hearted people. They're just all about the community. Um, However, um, they were paying cap. Um, They never stopped paying cap and they just decided to do a campaign with cap. So that's good that they were helping him out. And then I've heard and they do more research on this, but I've heard that um, all the proceeds from caps just do it campaign, like whatever product he sells, whatever shoe they make for him is going to go to his organization. So. Um, it seems to be legit, but I think Danny does make a good point that we can't, we can't, you know, slip and fall and think that Nike is now, now like a revolutionary company and like Nike is a nonprofit. They aren't, they're, they're a corporation and they saw opportunity with Colin Kaepernick and others to make some money. And, and, you know, agreed. that's okay. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> agreed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Danny, you ready to talk about the league now? Because we, we got her here and she's a Carolina girl and, you know, we, we with it, but you know, I think we want to know what she thinks about what's going on in the league, um, league-wide. What do you think, Danny? Yeah, let's talk about that. Because actually, after this Monday uh, game, and I wish we could have had you now that I think about it for next week, because oh, we actually man. face off against the Redskins face off against the Panthers. Yeah. So you can always call, or I could come by. I'll be in town. Okay. Oh, this way. <laughs> Okay, okay. We might actually have to set that up. I think so. I think so. We might have to have a little friendly rivalry. We're gonna be tense though. I just need you to know, Skins fans, we are we're different. We we are we are high strung and 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 super stressed. <laughs> <laughs> but just when you look around the league and 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 beyond just the the, the skins, and we could talk about that game too, because Danny said that up perfectly, but just even beyond like the skins game and what you think is gonna happen with that. When you look, we're about, you know, we're, we're about in the first quarter of the season. When you look around the league, who really puts, who, who really stands out to you right now? What team really is looking like an early contender? Man, between the Chiefs and the Rams, it's a toss-up. For real. Uh-huh. For Hello. real. <laughs> For real. They start fast a lot, though. They start, like, last season, they, start, they came out the gates running. That's what I was saying, Daddy, remember? Yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, okay. Mm-hmm. So... I'm going to go with the Rams just just based on that that point alone. Both are very, very good teams, but the Chiefs are known to start fast and finish slow. This is true, and Mahomes looks um, different. Danny and I were talking about this last on the last episode, actually. Go check that one out. Um, the Chiefs did start off fast with our now quarterback, Alex Smith. They certainly did. Alex Smith was looking like an MVP candidate. Remember, they blew out the Patriots on Monday on um, opening night. Yes. It was crazy. Yes. Patrick Mahomes looks different but we cannot sleep on jared golf and 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 those guys out in la they they are the new great they aren't on turf anymore but they are the new greatest show on turf they they look amazing and i don't see them slowing down at all what you think dan 
I mean, I think that's more so basically because they have Sean McVay. I think that he does a great job of taking the pieces that he has and then using their strengths to his ability to take over games. I mean, you can't really go wrong with Jared Goff. Then you have um, Todd Gurley. And to me, to be honest right now, um, after we finished the first quarter of the season, you could kind of toss up the MVP contending race to either Patrick Mahomes or Jared Goff. Yeah. So that tells you a lot. I think we're seeing the fizzle out of the some of the more dominating teams that we've mm-hmm. seen over and over, like the Steelers are struggling. Um, the Patriots are having some issues. You they see teams the like, day, um, yeah. exactly. I mean, that's because you're going to have, I mean, they have the blueprint to be able yeah. to waver the storm, but Excellent. you can see that, their their dynasty is definitely coming to an end. You have teams like uh, Bortles and the Jaguars with Ramsey and them ramping up. So, I mean, to me, I just think if it's a really good time to see some new faces, see some new teams, mm-hmm. get a new generation of of, of, of excitement back. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I have two questions for you. I, I, I want to ask about Carolina and what you think will happen with them this season. So I'll ask that first, but then I definitely want to get into Cam Newton and when it comes to this whole rough in the passer thing, because I don't think it applies to Cam Newton. But but first, let's talk about the Carolina Panthers. Um, you all have gotten off to a great start. We're we're definitely I mean, we have uh, New Orleans coming up on Monday, but we're thinking right after New Orleans, we got another tough matchup with a big, strong defense and a very physical offense um, run by North Turner now. Um, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen with your Carolina Panthers? How how do you how does it all end? I think the Panthers have a very good shot at winning the um, winning the division and going mm-hmm. deep in the playoffs as long as everyone's healthy. Mm. Um, Greg Olson, he's not playing tomorrow, of course, but he's ahead of his rehab and will mm-hmm. probably be active for the Redskins game. Damn it! So, Boo. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, and I mean, injuries have plagued them the last two years. The of- the offensive line was like the Achilles' heel last season, mm-hmm. and they made some changes. They started the season the ver- the season opener. They were without three starters on the O line, which right. was awful. Yeah. But they've made some trades. They've acquired you know Marshall Newhouse is there. Um, Trey Turner is back out of the con- concussion protocol tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So. And, and to be honest with you, you know, the offensive line for them to not have really played to get all together and, and gel together and with so many missing pieces, they've actually played pretty well mm. early in the season. So I think that in the next two to three weeks, we get to see like a full powered Carolina team with a healthy defense and a healthy offense. And I think they could be dangerous. Right. And just uh, and Danny chime, chime in on this when you can. Um, we did a whole show about Clay Matthews. We we were the 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 ridiculous call against Clay Matthews happened to ha- happen to happen against our squad, against the Skins, um, even as Redskins fans. And I think even the team, I think even the Washington Redskins were like for a moment stunned by how horrible that call was, right? And it, like, it actually slowed the game down. And that was, you know, the third time, like three consecutive weeks, Clay Matthews has been called for questionable um, passing, well, rough in the passer calls. Um, right. And we see that the league is making this a, a real focal point. However, I don't see that for Cam Newton. It's always been known that Cam Newton, I mean, just a few weeks ago, I think they were playing the Falcons, correct me if I'm wrong. Yep. Cam Newton basically got, you know, dude just kind of turned himself into a missile and, and literally aimed directly at his head, helmet to helmet hit. I think the guy got kicked out the game, but, you know, that was because a fight ensued afterwards, right? Am I wrong about that? Well, he got kicked out of the game for the personal foul. Okay. Now, okay. Fines, mm-hmm. um, Tory Smith, of course, you know, was rushing to his quarterback's defense after the mm-hmm. after the play, mm-hmm. and um, gosh, I don't want to say his name wrong. They called him Taki. Gotcha. 
<laughs> for the Falcons. Mm -hmm. You know, both all three of them got the same fine, which I definitely disagree with. You know, yeah. pushing someone as 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 opposed to targeting helmet to helmet hit, right? Know, dirty hit. That's 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 not created equal. So that's definitely right. an issue. Right. But um, you know, we've talked about it in the past couple of seasons, even you know, two seasons ago, Cam felt like, you know, it was taking the fun out of the sport for him because he was targeted yeah. so much. Right. And people feel like because he is big, he's six five. Right. He's a big, strong, sturdy quarterback. They right. feel like he can sustain those hits. Yeah. But it's not fair. You know, if, the, if there's rules for this quarterback, they need to be consistent across the board. And we haven't seen that really for, for Cam Newton. Not at all. I mean, and, and, and Danny, I know you can speak to this. When we saw that hit on Alex Smith, for us as Skins fans, we was like, damn, that's, you know, oh, well, we're going to have to take this L. That was a great hit. And, you know, for about a 20-yard loss, they called it as saying, that uh, um, Clay Matthews landed on top of Alex Smith with his full body weight, which I think is impossible. But I've never seen a call like that ever called on Cam Newton's behalf. So, you know, right. I, I think it's sort of like, um, Danny, I think it's like sort of like the Shaq treatment. Like what we used to see when Shaquille O'Neal was playing, it was that whole hacker Shaq thing. And it was this idea that, well, Shaq's a big guy. He's a strong guy. He plays very physical. He's a phenom. He could take the hits and really it's the only way you can stop him. So we have to kind of like not, we have to adjust our calls for a player like that. So basically I was going to give the same analogy. However, mm. I was going to update it more and use LeBron. Oh, 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 oh my God. First of all, wait, wait, wait. hold on, pause, pause, pause. I don't know if you know, you, you you know, you may not be too familiar with our show, but Danielle finds a way to bring up LeBron James in any situation. So I have to come up with a sound bite. Hey, oh, she loves LeBron. Look, so, come yes. on now. It works LeBron. out perfectly. Uh -huh. I watch plenty of games where um, calls, people will man. talk. He does get calls, but in his defense, I mean, okay. he's played to the level to be able to gain or those calls. However, I'm mm -hmm. speaking to the calls where he doesn't That's get calls. how passionate she's getting right there. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, it it, it is the same thing with Cam. I mean, yeah, you yeah, do look you. at Cam and you do look at the size and you do assume that right, right, they right. should be able to take these hits and take right. this and take that. But is it are we protecting size or are we protecting the position? Right. Because what I ha also have noticed with other brown and black and um quarterbacks is that the ones that run who use their legs who opt to use the player action a lot don't necessarily get those calls either and I think that they might be confused in the rest at times because maybe they're in a state of mind of of measuring them now as a runner as opposed to again the position mm -hmm. I think Cam does such a great job of being so versatile yeah, yeah maybe if you are officiating it that you do get caught up in what he's doing but I don't think that he gets the respect that he's due I mean regardless yeah. if he's a if he's been blessed with those um extreme talents you still have to uh, uh garner him against those same um safety precautions that you don't want a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers or yeah. Philip Rivers or Drew Brees I mean I hate to bring everything back to color I just think it's um more of the brown and blacks that use their legs more and are known more. Um, and and we're, we kind of own that. And I don't know if that handicaps him in a way. So, it, of course, he definitely shouldn't pull back from that. I think the league needs to do a better job of protecting the position. He is a quarterback, regardless of his size. Um, you can't. You can't hold that against him, but he does need to get a fair shot of the calls because a lot of these, not a lot, but some of these calls are very game changing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. They are. No, you're fine. And that's that's one of the points that a lot of people or the argument that a lot of people try to come with is, well, he shouldn't be running. He shouldn't run so much. If he's running, he's putting himself out there. But there have been times that he slid, like in the Falcons game, mm -hmm. and was still targeted. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, 
you, you you shouldn't punish a versatile quarterback for being versatile. I've just never understood that. And especially exactly. and especially just on the last point, especially right. not a face of the league, one of the more popular right. like again, I don't like the rough in the passing calling. I, I think that they need to chill on that. But if you're going to call it, you need to protect one of the exactly and protect one of the faces of your league, which Cam Newton is. Um right. look, we're gonna we we we're friendly today, but come next week. <laughs> We may not be so friendly with you, but we definitely appreciate you coming through, taking the time out on this beautiful Saturday to uh, speak with us. Definitely. You guys are fun to talk to. Oh, I'm happy to hear that. Exactly. So we'll definitely have to have you back. I'll definitely link with you and see if maybe we can get you in, maybe do another quick show before, after um, this this, this Carolina and Redskin win. I hope we get on our side. (laughs) 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 We actually need this win a lot more than you all do. We really do. Um, But if you could tell, uh, if you have any special events coming up, any projects, let the audience know where they can find you, where they can reach you. I'm sure there's a lot. after giving us your whole spiel that a lot of women will want to connect, especially like myself, where can we find you at? Um, where can we reach you at? All of that great stuff. Well, you guys can read my content on, as as I said earlier, BSO. I'm also on Fox Sports 1340AM.com. Okay. And nice. quickoutheblocks.com, which is my own personal um, website that I just started. But um, my Instagram and my Twitter are the same. It's at Sheena Marie underscore number three. And, you know, just, I guess, give me some of your feedback on some of the, oh, I'm sorry, I do, I do have a YouTube channel, it's Out the Blocks with Sheena Marie. So nice. if you guys get a chance, you can check out interviews that I've done across NASCAR, NCAA, um, NFL, just pretty much everywhere. And just give me your feedback. I love to hear things that you guys will want to see more of, less of, improvements, all critiques are, are welcome. <laughs> Okay, that's great. And we'll make sure that we include all of that good information in the description so that you all can follow up with Sheena. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. All right, hold tight before we wrap up. Um, Danny, this was a good one. It was a great one. Appreciate you. I uh, always Danny. love my women in sports coming uh-huh. to support me. I feel like we're doing a much better job of that this season. So thank <laughs> uh-huh, you. Uh-huh. And I appreciate you finding a way to bring up LeBron. I promise you I'm going to have some type of like sound effect for every time you bring up LeBron James. I, 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 it's incredible. Hey, little boy saying LeBron James over and over again. LeBron James. Yeah, that's what we need. We need the LeBron James. We need that one because that's a talent for her to find a way. I mean, we could be talking about cooking, you know, pastries. Because like when LeBron cooks pastries, she figures it out. And if you want to hear more about LeBron and such, um, make sure to follow us on our social. Where can they do that, Danny? You can do that at Facebook at Opinionated AF and on Twitter and Instagram at Opinion underscore AF. You can also follow me and all my LeBron chit chatter <laughs> at Pretty Little Danny. I'm MSR underscore Adam. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, be great. And Opinionated. We up out of here.